Welcome to Life Source Church. We are so glad you found us. We hope that you will experience God with us as you hear the preaching of the word. Here, let's start in verse 19 today here in chapter 6. Jesus said this, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break through and steal. Let's just stop right there. Have you noticed that your stuff wears out? How many of you have ever had a, a really nice car, new car and you always tried to park it where no one would mess with it? And one day what happens? Yeah, something happens. It gets scratched, it gets hit, it gets something, right? It's just the way it is, isn't it? And, and if we could put our money in the bank and in something, hopefully make interest. But we, the reality is that our money tends to go away faster than it comes, isn't it? I mean, this is, and that's the way it is here on earth. And so Jesus says, don't, don't focus on laying up your treasures here on earth. Rather, verse 20, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. And, and obviously it becomes clear to us, you know, I, I can't say, let's see here. Um, I think I have some cash in my pocket somewhere. There it is. I can't say, oh, a whole five. I can't say, here you go, Jesus. Right? <laughs> put, it, put this away in heaven for me. And so obviously he's talking about something else, but he is talking about how we use our money in this life that has an eternal impact. An impact that endures after this life is over. And then so somehow or other, some sort of reward and treasure is being stored up in heaven for you. And so he lays out very clearly, he says, so you have two choices in this matter. You can use your money in a way that when life is said and done, the money's all spent and gone. Or even maybe it's saved up for somebody else who's staying behind. But how much of it are you leaving here when you go? All of it, every bit of it. He says, so that's one way you can, you can say, I'm going to you know, store up for this life, and then this life's over and it's all gone. Or he says, you can use your money in such a way that when this life ends and you get to heaven, wow, there's something there for us, a blessing for something, somehow, some way, whatever form that takes. They're going to go, wow, that was worth it. It was more worth it than I ever knew. Let me sidetrack myself here a little bit. Did you guys ever in school ask a, a teacher, you know, a question because you knew they'd get off the subject? Anybody ever do that, to be honest? Okay. Well, I do that to myself. I ask questions. So here I am getting off the subject a little bit. Not totally off the subject. What if I told you, and I was able to, to prove to you and you believed it, that for the next 30 days... Every bit of money that you can bring to me and invest with this thing, that, that that money will double every month for the rest of your life. But it's only the money that you give this month, this next 30 days. And so whatever you can come up with, it's going to double every, you know, month for the rest of your life. Would that be a good deal? Would you be finding money to invest? 
would you be selling stuff off? Sell that car off, right? You can walk to work for a month. You know, sell the house if you have any equity in it because it's coming back. Well, that's the way it is when we invest in heavenly things. When we lay up our treasures in heaven. And really, we have this short life here on earth, don't we? This short life. And so everything we can invest now for eternity will, I mean, what's eternity compared to 60, 70, 80 years? 60, 70, 80 years is nothing, isn't it? You see what I mean? But that's, that's the way this works. And so Jesus talks about it. You got a choice. You can lay it up here and now. I think it's so important that, life, that this life and this time is about this time. And it's all going to pass away. Or you can lay up, use your money in a way that lays up things in, treasure, in heaven. And then he says this. Verse 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so he says, how are you going to decide where you're going to lay up your money? Where you're going to lay up your money where your heart is. What's most important to you? What do you value the most? What do you love the most? Because of this truth, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. There are two, two questions we can answer about anyone's life. Answer about your life, anyone's life that you know. Especially over a period of time as you watch. We ask the question, what does this person really love? Well, follow his money. And you'll find his heart. Where does his money go? Well, follow his heart, and you'll find his treasure. You'll find his money. Now, this idea of treasure, we're talking about money that you actually make choices about, <laughs> okay? And, you know, because we feel like we don't make choice about rent and car payment and all that kind of stuff. But, so it normally doesn't include the idea of, you know, the living expense kinds of bills. However, it e could even apply to that. If you find yourself, if, if we look to someone and see that they're spending over $1,000 a month on a car payment, might we start to say, I think that they probably love that car. Would you say? Why? Because we follow the money and we find the heart. How about that someone is spending $3,000 a month on grocery for two people? They love to eat, right? Spending $5,000 or more on a mortgage or rent? And I'm, I just picked those numbers, but you, you get what I'm trying to say, right? You can find out how important is something to somebody. Because most of us can spend way less than that and do fine. If you love art, if a person loves art, we would expect to find a lot of paintings that you've purchased over the years hanging in your house, wouldn't we? If you love art, it's not necessarily wrong, but it shows the truth here about what you love. Do you love disc golf? I know for some now we have gone, you know, from preaching into this personal meddling here, but I'm not making a value statement. I'm just telling you that if you love that thing, disc golf, <laughs> We will probably find a disc golf basket in your possession and a bunch of discs somewhere. Right? I mean, because you liked it. You're into that. Your heart's there, and so your treasure goes there. And so the question is, do you love God? Does God have your heart? Can you see already how the decision we make 
in relationship to money is bigger than about money. Because I can't give my heart to God in the area of money and not everywhere else. It just doesn't work. When you set your heart on God and you love Him, it impacts everything. Do you love God? If you do, your treasure will be invested accordingly. Let's read on. Verse 22. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? You say, what in the world is he talking about? Let's just think about it with respect to eyesight first. Does my ability to see clearly affect the rest of my body? It sure does. That's why when you get up in the middle of the night and it's real dark and your eyes are barely open, your body gets really worried. Especially your toes. Right? Doesn't it? How many have ever stubbed your toe in the middle of the night? I mean, it's, that'll wake you up. <laughs> so, but the idea is when you can't see clearly, it affects everything in your body. And if the best light you have is very dim, you're going to have problems in life. If you can see clearly, then you can avoid those things. You can make different kinds of decisions. So really, what Jesus is talking about here in this whole context of money, which he's speaking about, he's talking about how you see everything in life. How do you see everything in life? Uh, specifically, how, how do you see money issues? How do you see it? Do you see clearly? Or is it dim and out of focus to you? Because how you look at the issue of money and possessions will affect how you look at everything else. And so when someone gets this right, it changes everything. Okay? In other words, the, your body, your life will be full of light. Not just... Because it's interesting here. Jesus doesn't just say, hey, if you've if you got good eyesight, then you'll see things clearly. He uses this picture. He said, if you've got good eyesight, your whole body benefits. And you know what, if you see money the way it really is, the way God says it is, and understand those things, when you see that clearly, it doesn't just affect what you see, it affects your whole life. So this is what he's trying to get us to see here. If you see things the way God says that they are, and by the way, the way God says they are in his word is what? The way it really, they really are. It isn't like there's one truth that God has and there's another truth in the world. No, the way God says things are is the way they really are. It doesn't matter what it seems like to us. That's the way they really are. And so if you, if you don't see things the way God says they are, the way they really are, then everything else gets out of focus. Things are at the wrong levels. You'll miss the solutions that God has for you because your most basic priorities are wrong. You just aren't seeing it right. It is not clear. Jesus says, when you aren't seeing it clear, it isn't just dark, it's really dark. And it affects everything in your life. Let's continue, verse 24. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Mammon's a strange word to us today. 
but it, ba- it just very simply means your, your money and your possessions, your wealth, whatever level that is. And, and he says very clearly, you cannot serve them both. You see, where your heart and treasure are reveal how you're actually looking at things, and this reveals who or what you're serving. And it's absolutely impossible to serve both because something about these two things. If you serve God, he will consume you. I mean, he will take over your whole life. If you choose to serve money and possessions, guess what? It too will consume you and take over your whole life. You know anybody like that? who is just consumed in the area of finances. And so you have to choose. Since they are both all-consuming, you have to choose one or the other. And when you try to choose, well, I'll choose part of this one and not the other, what you're saying is I'm not choosing you. So, you know, one of these will bless you and the other will destroy you. That's the choice. Now, Important for you to understand, you've already chosen who you're serving. Well, I didn't think I did. You did. Well, I didn't mean to. You did. Everybody's serving somebody. Something. So that can sound like bad news if you look at your life. Maybe it's good news. But here's the other truth. The balance is this. You can choose again. And you can choose better. If you haven't chosen God and said, I'm going to serve you with everything, my whole life, including all this money and possessions you've entrusted me, I'm going to serve you. You can choose that today. You can choose that each and every day that follows. And so we see there's two directions to go, right? We see there's two directions to go with your love and where you invest your treasure, earthly and temporary or heavenly and eternal. And we've seen that there are two ways of looking at money and your life. There's God's way or there's any other way. So let's choose God's way. And there are two masters you can choose to serve. One for good, one for bad. Let's choose to let God be our master. By the way, you know he is whether you choose to or not. Right? You may not live like he is, but ultimately he is. He has the final say, doesn't he? But you need to choose consciously to let him be your master. So those three things, choosing heavenly and eternal, choosing God's way, choosing to let God be our master. And that brings us down here to starting in verse 25. Jesus, therefore, because of this, because you have a heavenly, eternal choice to make, you have a how you're going to look at things choice to make, you have a who am I going to serve choice to make, and you make the right choices there, he says, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And he's telling us here that there are things that are more important than physical possessions and things that we think we need, things that we do need. I mean, you need food and water to keep living, don't you? 
At some point, we don't need as much as we take in. But we do need that. But he's talking the bigger picture in this whole context about your money, your possessions, everything that comes into you. Because he starts off talking about treasures. He said, life's about a whole lot more than that. Verse 26. Look at the birds of the air. For they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? God has provided for the birds, hasn't he? He's provided for them. Now, because we live in a sin-cursed world, we all eventually die. Birds eventually die. Yet God has provided for them, but eventually they die, something. But you know, elsewhere in the Bible, it says, one of the other Gospels, I can't remember, but Jesus talks to people and he says, you know, Explain the same thing. He says, not one sparrow falls to the ground without my father. I heard a preacher explain that once. It just, it's so clear. He says, it's like this. So you can imagine the winter storm. How about the winter we've had? You think it's been tough on the birds? And so there's this little bird sitting in the tree. Winter storm. Ice storm sitting there. And it's freezing. And it's, you know, just it's, time has come. And as it finally lets go of the branch and starts to fall, God catches it. He said, good job, little bird. You did what you were supposed to do. How much more important are you to God than that bird? That's what Jesus is saying. I'll tell you how much more important you are than that bird. God provided that bird, bird seed and the design to carry out what birds are supposed to do. God sent his only son into the world to die for you. You're much more important than God than birds. And so God says, look at the birds. They aren't worried. They just go do what birds are supposed to do. Isn't that what birds do? Birds do what birds are supposed to do. And if you and I do what we're supposed to do, we don't have to worry about the stuff either. Verse 27. Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? Right? I mean... And by the way, a cubit is about this long. I think if I worry, I'll get this much taller. What do you think? I can't even get this much taller, can I? I can't even do it by growing hair anymore. You know, poof, up high. You can't. And so the point is, why are you worrying about things that are out of your control? And by the way, what comes into your life, money and possessions-wise, is ultimately out of your control. I mean, you might be able to do something right now that's bringing money in, but that could change like that. So why are you worrying about what's out of your control? Verse 28, he says, So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, you use it up, you burn it up, it goes away, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? 
For after all these things the Gentiles seek. And, and, and at that time he was talking to a Jewish audience who knew who God was and believed in God. And the Gentiles were those people who didn't know God and didn't believe in God. So he's talking about for us would be the unsaved. He said they, they have the same things and they worry about all that stuff. But you're not like them. You have a heavenly father. After all these things the Gentiles seek for, your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. And he is a good father. God clothes the lilies of the field. You ever seen a flower worry? I don't know quite how we would know. But he will clothe you. God will. God knows you need all these things and he's a good God, a loving God, good heavenly father. You don't need to worry. And if you can get this, now, if you can get this next thing, it will transform your money. It will transform your worries. It will transform your relationships. It will transform your work. It will transform your ministry. You name it, this next truth will transform it. Verse number 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. And so what I want to put, he's talking about your top priority, isn't he? And so here's what I want you to see. When he says seek first, what he means is before all else. Before all else, God is priority number one. Yeah, but you don't understand. If I don't have food, I can't eat. And if I can't eat, eventually I'm going to die or I may get sick. Why are you worrying about that? Before all else, God. Priority number one. I mean, even before groceries? God is priority number one. Even before my rent, which I've got to have a place to live, God is prior number one. But my car, I gotta have that car to get to work. God, before all else, priority one. I mean, that's pretty clear, right? Do you agree that's clear what he said? He's talking about all these basic needs that you have in life and we're concerned about, and he says, don't be concerned about those things. Be concerned about this, that God comes first. And he's talking about this whole area of money and possessions. But he's really talking about something a lot bigger than that. He's talking about our whole lives. Serving him and pleasing him comes before anything and everything else in life, even your work. <laughs> One of the ways you can serve God is through your work. But you need to be serving God through your work. It isn't, yeah, I go to work and I serve God. And that's the dichotomy we end up far too often with. You get that, right? Yes, I have to go to work every day. It takes all those hours. I'm working 50 plus hours a week or whatever it is. I'm working, working. And then when I'm done, then I have time to serve God. But wait a minute. What did Jesus say? Before all else, God is priority one. So that means if I'm going to work today, you know why I'm going to work today? And don't think me, you know, I know why you're going to work today. You're the pastor, you've got to stand up and preach. Why, why are you going to work today? I'm going to work because this is what God has given me to do. 
And because God has given this to me to do, this is priority number one. He is priority number one. So I go do this work. See, whatever it is. See how it starts to transform? That'll change the way you do your job. That'll change how you interact with the people on the job. That will change your value to the company. It will just change so many things when you settle this issue. And see, do you want to do well at work? Some of you may have a job and say, I could care less. Well, if that's the case, one of two things needs to change. Either you need to change your heart about it, or you need to get a different job where you can do that. Okay? But I want to do well in this job, and I, and I would like to, you know, earn some more responsibility and some better pay, maybe better benefits, and, and, and do something that really matters here. Nothing wrong with that. But before all else, God is priority number one. Does that make sense? I'm here doing what God has given me to do. I'm going to do it the way the Bible says I ought to do it. I'm going to let God work through me here. And then I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's just stop for a moment. In all of your relationships, before all else, God is what? Priority number one. Can you say that with me? Priority number one. In all of your work, before all else, God is? In all of your play and recreation, before all else, God is? In all of your family decisions, before all else, God is? Priority number one. In all of your church ministry, before all else, God is? Priority number one. In all of your money dealings, before all else, God is priority number one. And this is where I got ahead of myself because here's his promise. Let's go back and talk about our job situation. So, yes, I would like to, to you know, get more experience and move up in the company. Yes, I would like to earn more money, have better benefits, more influence. But if I make that my focus, I've missed the point. I say, no, no, I'm here because this is what God is going to do. And when I do that, when I seek first the kingdom of God in this work situation, his righteousness, his ways of doing it, when I seek that first, and all these other things will be added unto you. That's the promise. I don't have a job. I can't find a job. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We don't have money coming in to buy groceries. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what? All these things shall be added unto you. Not necessarily in the way you want. Not necessarily in the time you would like. But he keeps his promises. So what do you need to do about these things this morning? Well, you can choose to ignore it all. Say, yeah, I get that. That's preacher talk. He says a few funny things once in a while. This is preacher talk. You can ignore it, but you know what? You will live by these truths for good or bad. All these things we just looked at, you understand, you're going to live by what we looked at today for good or for bad. You're either going to invest your treasure in heaven or you're going to waste it here on earth. 
You're either going to look at the world the way it really is, or you're going to be all clueless and cause yourself all sorts of problems. You're either going to serve God or you're not. I mean, you're going to live out the truths of this passage. So you can ignore it, but it'll be for good or bad, depending I mean, how you live it out. So the second thing is this. You can choose to settle it in your heart and mind that before all else, God is priority number one. Now, I think if we'd ask you when you came in today, let's do a poll. Is God priority number one in life? Yeah, oh yeah, sure, yeah, definitely. That's why you think I'm here. We need to think, though, what does it really mean if I'm saying God is really priority? Number one, what does that mean? So here's what I'm asking you to do in response to what God says here in the Bible. Here's what I'm asking you. Listen carefully. The next time you get a paycheck, or the next time you receive money for something if you don't get a regular paycheck, the next time money comes to your possession, stop, I want you to ask yourself two questions. Two questions. The first one is this. If... I really believe that God comes before all else in my life. If I really believe that God is priority number one, what would I do with this money? If I really believed that? That's the first question. And think about it. And the second question is based on, well, wait a minute. Since God does come before all else in my life, And since he really is priority number one, what am I going to do with this money? So that's the second question. So the first one you want to think in general terms. Okay, what would someone who really, you know, put God first, what would they do with this money? And then say, wait a minute, that's me. What am I going to do with this money? And then do it. Do it. It may mean you're doing things you've never done before. By the way, we're going to talk in the Bible study hour that follows here. You're about your priorities and money. How do I decide what my money's for and where does it go? We're going to talk about that today. Now, you might be here today saying, Walt, this is crazy talk. <laughs> I'm not even sure about God and Jesus in the Bible, and you're telling me to make God priority number one in my money? You know, I understand that. And I would feel the same way you do if I was in your shoes. So I'm going to let you off the hook about the money. But I'm going to put you back on an even bigger, more important hook. Before you worry about making God priority number one in your money, you need to figure out what to do about the fact that God says he's supposed to be priority number one in your life. And if you don't haven't settled that in your relationship with God, got bad news for you here. You can't do it. You cannot say, okay, I'll, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not sure about these things, but I'll make God priority number one in my life. You can't do it. You were born with a nature that was rebellious against God, and you've acted on it repeatedly. And you may have figured out how to make it look good to other people, but nonetheless... You're doing your own thing, and, and that's the way you are. But the good news is this, is that God can do this in your life. God can bring you to the place where he is number one priority in your life. And it starts with you giving up. 
Isn't that so strange? It's so, so opposite of what we think. It's, it's, it's about coming before God and finally saying, I give up, God. I can't fix this. I can't do this. And then trusting him as Savior and then letting him change your life. So Life Source Church family, God has called us to greatness in his name. Do you believe that? God has called us to greatness in his name and for his glory he has formed us as individual believers and, and together as a church so that we can declare his praises to each other and the world around us. But listen, as long as we let wrong priorities shape how we handle our money, we will be weak. We will be hindered in our ability to let God be seen in us and to reach out through us. Now, if together we, we purpose in our hearts to truly seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and live out the truth that before all else, God is priority number one, then as a church, he will add to us all of these things. What do we need to do what he wants us to do? When he's truly first... He'll add those things to us. And this will be from the simplest little things to huge and miraculous things. God will move heaven and earth to glorify himself in us. And he will bless us beyond our wildest imagination in the process. And there will be treasure chosen by God especially for us when we finally make it to heaven. Is that what you want? Is it? Shall we purpose together today that when it comes to money and everything else in life that we are going to settle here today that before all else God is priority number one? Are you with me on that? Shall we do it? Let's pray. Father, thank you that you tell us the truth and help cut through the things that we believe, Lord, that are wrong about these things and the things that we hold on to and the wrong things we love. Cut through that and help us to see the truth that before all else, you indeed are priority number one. I pray that we'll respond to that in the area of our money and you'll be glorified in, us, in it because of it. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.